welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the National Football League. I'm Johnny Venerable. He's DA Damian Anderson. The Cardinals just suffered DA a 24-17 State Farm Stadium home loss to the Baltimore Ravens. We've got Bo Brock on site standing by in a couple of minutes, but DA got a chance to watch all four quarters. Initial takeaways, my man. Hey, DA, you're muted, my guy. Sorry about that, Johnny. I'm, I'm proud good. of that. I'm good. Uh, no, initial takeaways were the running. I mean, not the wide receivers battled, right? Isabella Dorch and Bolton Jr. What, I like what I saw there. Also, initially, was Zayvon Collins just being aggressive, getting that TFL, being man to man with the with the. I believe it was tight end, and we have to find a way to cover tight ends, yeah. uh, opposing tight ends with likely having a day uh, in that first half. I mean, it wasn't concerning knowing that we don't have Buddha or Simmons in there. But at the same time, the guys that were needed to to play well and step up, I thought they played well. Obviously, Ward with the big kick return, so I think solidified his spot, uh, roster spot on this team, obviously doing it in the backfield and on special teams. Yeah, the Cardinals came out. I thought Trace McSorley left a lot of plays on the field, two mm. interceptions, one of which wasn't really his fault, fourth down play. He's trying to force it to Trey McBride, my guy who didn't have any catch this night, which is tough. You're watching Isaiah Likely on the other side go nuts, and it's like, where is my love for – Trey McBride, but I mean, I get it. It's not his night. Different kind of offensive scheme. Cardinals didn't really effectively run the ball at all. Neither team did, but the Cardinals especially were rough on the ground after a really productive last week against Cincinnati. Just 55 yards rushing, 2.6 yards per carry. Not great, but I, I thought the defense played pretty well in the first half, only gave up 10 points DA, but the offense had too many missed opportunities. We talked about at the end of the first half, not converting that, what, first and goal on the one into a touchdown, that was br brutal. Andy Isabella, you know, God love him. You know, he makes a couple big plays, and you're ready to get back on board with Andy. And then he has a pivotal DA false start that ends up sinking and torpedoing a drive. And it's like, you know, Greg Dorch had a couple miscues, but still I thought looked much more explosive, does better in the return game. I am ready to declare this, this position battle dead on site. I think Greg Dorch has proved himself. I do not think Andy Isabella is going to make this team. I think he's going to play a lot in the third preseason game, DA, which will be telling. But for me, it was it was the lack of plays offensively in the first half. This game was here to be won. We saw in the fourth quarter, they, they rallied a little bit. Kudos to them. But that second and third quarter, Trace McSorley, who I was defending last week, didn't do enough out there tonight. No, Lone Tone Capone said, how how should I sh should I feel? And I wouldn't say concerned. I mean, I would just say that no. it's preseason, what you expect. In these positional battles, Johnny, as you mentioned, you want to see guys solidify their spot. I wouldn't necessarily agree with you because I think I saw what Dorch does, what does well. Like, as you mentioned, being electric, I absolutely agree there. But I'm not sure if he runs quite a 4-3 and can get those pivotal pivotal pass interference calls like we've seen game after game or play after play, you know, with Andy Isabella. I mean, I like I saw him catch with his hands. I saw him break tackles. Is he on Greg Dorch's level in terms of athleticism? I wouldn't say it's there. I think they're similar yet. They both do one things very, very well. As you mentioned, having what 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 was likely like a ninth ninth overall fourth round pick versus Trey McBride being the yeah. number one overall, and, and just in terms of that natural comparison when one's ha going off and having a day, then you see Trey McBride you know, playing solid pass blocking. But when you get a guy, sec you know, second round, your first pick of the draft, you expect him to to show out a little bit. Yeah. Especially, but, I, but I think also they were concerned maybe. I don't know. I, I mean, me yeah, well, personally as a fan, I, I want to see him do something. 
I want to yeah, see him do you, something for sure. And people on Twitter were very vocal, like, of course, typical Kingsbury not involving Trey McBride. Listen, Cliff is very tight end friendly. As we saw last year with Zach Ertz, nobody in the NFL was targeted more than after the Cardinals brought Zach Ertz into Arizona. So it's not a Cliff's anti-tight end. I watched every play that uh, Trey McBride had in this game, specifically keying in on 85. He was doubled a lot. He, he was not open in certain instances. McSorley was inaccurate when he was open. I think this is a case of this is Trey McBride's first live NFL action. Say what you want about preseason. He has not played up against another NFL-level roster. He has not had a ton of snaps with, with Trace McSorley. Most of his snaps in practice are with Kyler Murray and Colt McCoy. He's been running with the first team, right? And I also thought Trace McSorley was not given a lot of favors tonight. Marquise Hayes, the standout rookie guard from last week, for whatever reason, did not play. We're going to be able to talk to Bo Brock on site here in a little bit, find out exactly why the rookie out of Oklahoma didn't play. Will Hernandez didn't play. That was a big dynamic. The Cardinals controlled the line of scrimmage in Cincinnati. Didn't get that sense today. I would not wave the white flag of concern about Trey McBride at all. I think let him cook with Kyler Murray. Let him cook with King Cliff Kingsbury. And the infrastructure and the gluttony, DA, of quality offensive weaponry for the Cardinals, he'll be fine. I think he was just kind of lost in the shuffle today because really Trace McSorley was lost in the shuffle today. Yeah, John, to me, it's timing. I mean, everything that you mentioned, most of most of McBride's reps have been with Kyler. So it's, you know, we, we saw Garantano when he came in, he was locked in on 31, right? They have yeah. their favorites. And and it, I'm pretty sure that McSorley has had a lot of success throwing the Bolton Jr. and Greg Gorch, right? So you get McBride up in there, you're not sure – quite with the timing because you could just tell on the past play that McBride was running that they did t try and take a shot he just kept, should have kept running for that instead of looking for the football he may have lost it in the lights who knows but as you mentioned that timing was off that will continue to get better as he continues to get reps and the, the good thing about it he's not your number one right like yeah. he's a rookie sure you want to compare time. yeah sure you want to compare and night 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 likely has over 100 yards you're like well hey our guy didn't even have a reception Right. But I mean, there were some good. He was, you know, he was nasty in terms of the blocking. He did shy away mm -hmm. from that. And then I, you know, the VP of, of football operations, Quinn Harris, when they originally drafted him, that's one thing that they highlighted about. I know you don't get a guy in the second round as a tight end to block. We know this, Johnny. We're just trying to find some good. I'm not putting too much weight into it no. because it is because it is the preseason. Yeah, uh, from the defense, excuse me, the offensive side to the defensive side, Zayvon Collins, to me, biggest takeaway today from a positive standpoint, how he played in those first two possessions, uh, had a tackle for loss, much more active, flying around the football, even on some conversions for Baltimore. And give them credit. Quarterback stays alive in the pocket, was able to convert some plays downfield. Zayvon Collins, to me, was, I, I thought, played his best, you know, grouping of snaps in this preseason, looked much more comfortable than last week up to the challenge. I'm glad that they pulled him when they did. DA, I didn't need to see any more of 25. So I am cautiously optimistic that you give, again, it's what we've been saying every day on PHNX Cardinals Live every day at 4 o'clock. You give Zayvon Collins 17 weeks of an NFL season and you look at the numbers at the end of the year, I think they're going to be quality. I think they're going to be robust. He had two possessions tonight. He already had a tackle for loss and he could have had a sack on top of that. And the more confidence he gains, it's cliche to say, D.A., but like the more I see him on the field in this role and not having to worry about, is Jordan Hicks going to take snaps from me? Is Nick Vigil going to take snaps from me? Can I just play my game? I think he he's going to be an ass kicker this team once. I think, including myself, we all have to be patient. This is a young man who played very small college football at Tulsa in Oklahoma. 
it's it's not premier Alabama college football. It's not the SEC. And so last year was very much a whirlwind. But what I saw tonight, DA very promising from the second year linebacker. Yeah, I think that we. I think if as a fan, you saw what you wanted to see. You saw a confident linebacker that wasn't afraid, could anticipate and expect what the offense was doing, and, and use his athleticism and length to get around blockers with on that one blitz where he just shed the running back. That's those are all good things that you want to see. Him, the physicality, the identification of plays, right, so you can anticipate what's going to happen, and then executing, making those plays. I mean, there was a couple of times he did get blocked too, Johnny. He didn't yeah. you know play perfect, and you got to wasn't perfect. No. Yeah, you got to be able to get off those blocks. But in terms of progress and where we were last week, the progression this week, it's what you want to see from your middle linebacker, your young middle yeah. linebacker. Everybody says, uh, can we never be exposed uh, to tight ends on national TV via low-tone component? Yeah, listen, Isaiah Simmons, that's your equalizer. Buda Baker, Jalen Thompson, none of those guys played, obviously, tonight. Brother Numsey in the chat says, JV, if that was Zavin's best, I hope he's physical. He's out there. Uh, Cadillac and Zavin Collins, a.k.a. Ben, stop helping the other team off the ground. I think Zavin Collins will be picked up by the back seven of this defense, which remains a strength. A couple of the guys I want to highlight, Victor Dumakeji looked good again. I am going to pound the table for the second-year linebacker at Duke to continue to get snaps. Uh, had a tackle for loss, had a couple almost sacks. But D.A., I think where I have to start waving my concern, continuation of the conversation we've been having all week here at PHNX Cardinals, Secondary didn't look good. Secondary didn't look good for three quarters. And you talk about somebody like Antonio Hamilton being your CB number two, and he's playing into the second quarter of a preseason game. Marco Wilson's kind of flailing out there. I think he left the game potentially with a shoulder. We don't know. We're going to hear from Cliff Kingsbury and Bo Brock here in a little bit. But I I feel like we're going to get to this time tomorrow. I just have a gut feeling they're going to have added somebody or multiple people at cornerback. that You just can't go into the season – being this vulnerable at such a key position and only holding out for somebody like Byron Murphy with all due respect to number seven. I did not like what I saw from the Cardinals corners tonight. No, you definitely want depth at that position, Johnny. We could beat that drum over and over again. However, there's context to everything. I wouldn't jump on, you know, their backs kind of like you are, because for me, it was more so extended plays, right? Broken plays where the quarterback extending the play guys running wide open down the middle of the field. They're making a play. He's making a play. You get those. You can't cover a guy for seven to eight seconds, right? Like that just – it just no, normally doesn't happen. The guy Not was realistic. athletic and no. he could, throw, and he could throw, on, throw on the run. What's What I did like, though, I like what I saw from Kennard and, Gar, and, and Gardak. Absolutely. You know, early on, I like their tempo. I like their ability to get after the passer. That's a major difference between – Obviously, it's understandably right now, Sanders and, and Cam Thomas. I mean, I, yeah. I thought that they showed some promise, right? I, I saw Sanders early on with his hands, but I was really like what I, I liked really what I saw with Gardak and, and Kennard early on. Well, I'm still a little bit worried about the run stopping ability of those mm-hmm. two because I think that they're great at getting after the passer. But anytime Baltimore tried to just put their heels into the ground and run the football, they had some success. So long term, you know, not. I'm, I'm going to let Vance handle those, right? He's he's forgotten more defense than I, I can remember, right? So I'm going to let Vance handle that. But they look solid to me. It, it was definitely progress. I felt good about that. As you mentioned, Victor Demon KG, I felt good about that pressure on defense. Yeah. Ian Keller in the chat, Jalen Thompson had a rough game. I think you mean Deontay Thompson, uh, the fourth-year safety out of Alabama, somebody who the Cardinals took in the fifth round. He was uh, exclusively lined up against likely the tight end for Baltimore and was basically undressed all night. Uh, I think it would be uh, a little bit of a surprise move if the Cardinals opted to cut 
Deontay Thompson, but after tonight, I mean, he just didn't have a good game, missing tackles. Brother Numsy, Kennard was physical, old school football, big dog, uh, like D to the A. Uh, and listen, Devon Kennard is somebody that myself, Bo Brock, have gotten on. Where are the splash plays, right? You were brought in two years ago to be the heir apparent to a lot of these pass rushers, bring Devon Kennard home after he got cut by Detroit. They gave him this nice three-year contract, DA, and he's been MIA. And then this offseason, very similar to what they did with Robert Alford last year, they cut him, they brought him back on the vet minimum. And so far, you know, this was this was something that I needed to see with my own eyes. Pressure, tackle for loss, looking good in the run game. I get it. It's against twos and threes. But, you know, this is going to be a glaring hole for the Cardinals until they finish it, uh, uh, fill it, I should say, opposite Marcus Golden. Who is going to apply pressure outside of Marcus Golden, the junkyard dog, number 44? Is it Gardeck? Is it Kennard? And not only pressure DA, but you mentioned it. Who's going to stop the run? And Kennard tonight looked like very physical at the point of attack, somebody that has an NFL body. He's stout. I am I am open to suggestions on let's just flush the position like they're doing four or five guys, the two rookies, Gardeck, Dumakeji, Devon Kennard, and let the best man win and ride the hot hand on a given Sunday. And if you're playing well, shit, leave him in there, Vance. But I am not ready even after tonight to bestow Kennard like, hey, you're the opposite uh, starter next to Marcus Golden. Like, you got to come every Sunday fighting for your job. And I think that that's the expectation because he's not making any money. No, John, you're absolutely correct. And I think that you're going to get a flow or, or, or rhythm of players in there, right? Whether it's Doom and KG, it may be situational. You find out that maybe Canard uh, is great on first and second down and Doom and KG is better on, th- you know, on third down. Yeah. Yeah. Gardak is better on rundowns. And I'm just throwing this out there. I'm not claiming a guy's better at any specific you know, situation or scenario, but I think yeah. it's going to be a by process and evaluation. I, obviously, we know that Vance like vets. I mean, I didn't, I haven't seen enough from Sanders and Thomas to think that they're going to be, be able to go in and steal reps from Kennard, Gardak, or Dooming KG. I don't feel that. So I think it's going to be a three guy rotation at that position. And I also believe that they're going to move around just based on the broadcast. You know, Buda Baker throwing him in addition to Simmons, right? Just that constant pressure that what Vance likes to do is manufacture pre- pressure and have yeah. guys like Buda Baker and Isaiah Simmons win those one on one matchups where they know that they can beat an offensive lineman with their quickness and they can beat a defensive back with their strength or their speed. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I think that the Cardinals, to me, the key to this defensive front is <clears throat> a bunch of guys overachieving, frankly, a bunch of guys fresh throughout the season. Last year, they went with the big names in Chandler Jones and Jordan Hicks. This year, they're kind of in an in-between phase, whether it's like, yeah, we got to see what we have with certainly Isaiah Simmons, but Zayvon Collins, a bunch of these younger draft picks, I'm with you. I initially thought maybe somebody like Maze Sanders, and I still think he's going to play toward the end of the year, but Cam Thomas, they're going to be relegated to special team duties. And that's okay. Cam Thomas had a nice block on uh, the kickoff return team that sprung Jonathan Ward. If you go back and look, he had the key block on that play. But I think for now, they're going to roll with these three or four veterans at outside linebacker and then let the kids kind of grow organically. Uh, We've got some photos here. Producer Emma is going to bring up from the game. We had a photographer there uh, just kind of walking you through everything. Kyler Murray, of course, uh, DA calling plays in the fourth quarter and looked fantastic doing it. Orchestrated two touchdown drives. Um, Continuing on here, Lamar Jackson, who looks to be the next big money quarterback, looking for a deal over 230 million dollars uh he did not play 
Uh, but Jonathan Ward did, and, and Damian Anderson, give me your thoughts on the running back battle that we have between guys like, you know, Benjamin, Darrell Williams, Jonathan Ward, who left the game with a shoulder injury, and then, of course, your boy, Keontae Ingram, who had a nice catch and run at the end of the game. Yeah, I mean, Johnny, that's his game, is making plays with the opportunities that you have. And we know that Cliff is high on Eno Benjamin, right? I mean, we've seen yeah. a little bit of it last year, his ability to just break tackles and just spring up given the opportunity. So I think that that position, obviously we have James Conner, so you're not worried about in terms of the starter, but behind him, I think right. we saw enough from Ward to you know solidify him a roster spot. Hopefully the shoulder's okay, but obviously that that – that explosion play on the kickoff return, the pass that he caught, and he was churning, getting, you know, three to four yards every carry, you know, with the little bit of the limited opportunities in terms of space he had rushing the football. But it's the more you can do. You know, if you're not going to be a starter, if you're not going to be out there taking reps, it's the more that you can do. And they look for value added at that, you know, guys that are going to play those special teams positions. So that I think that the Cardinal staff know that they got a player in Jonathan Ward, Johnny. Yeah, I, he he did not impress me up until tonight. I've been on the record many times saying I don't know what he brings to the table, and he stepped up tonight. That return was key. He had a really physical drive, had a nice catch and run. Cardinals are going to have a tough de- to decision to make in the running back room because you've got Darrell Williams, who you brought in as an external candidate. Uh, like I don't think he's a, some lock to make the team. I would keep him around because of his experience because you got a bunch of guys on the roster that haven't played significant snaps especially late in the season in the playoffs. And that's where the Cardinals inevitably want to be. But like, you know, Benjamin looks good. Jonathan Ward looks good. Keontae Ingram to me, it may not be this year, DA, but he's going to have a nice stay in the NFL with either the Cardinals or, you know, hopefully the Cardinals, but God forbid somebody else where he just sticks around the NFL roster because you saw in the fourth quarter, his ability to break tackles after the point of the attack, I think is only challenged on this roster by James Conner. I think it's James Conner than it's Keontae Ingram. Because the, the Cardinals are very unique in the sense that their quarterback is undersized. He does not go under center. You are susceptible, as you see Kyler Murray there, to, you know, uh, shorten or uh, fourth and goal, goal line plays. Like, you can't have Kyler Murray under center for those plays. So what do you need? And what they find great success with last year? James Conner, big physical back in tune of almost 20 touchdowns. Like, Keontae Ingram fits that mold with all due respect to Daryl Williams. who I still think is good short yardage back in Eno. I mean, I would rather keep Keontae Ingram around for the long term because I think you could groom this guy into an eventual maybe successor for James Conner because I, I don't ever want to see, with all due respect to Chase Edmonds, a duplication of what we did with Chase and Kyler Murray and to lesser extent Kenyon Drake. You can't pair Kyler Murray, D.A., with a smaller back. You have to give him some bulk so that you can keep defenses on their toes and make them fear the run game because otherwise they're just going to stack the box. Well, well, John, I think they had a combo of that last year with Chase, you know, and Connor, right? So I think yeah. it works both ways. But obviously having that foundational piece, I to the, the guy with the most upside, right, I would say it is Keontae. Is in, yeah. in terms of his ability to catch the football, I think that you know certain things that he's going to have to work on, like staying up on blitzes. Obviously, we saw him out there on the punt team today, so I was happy about that. Just as he mentioned earlier this week that he hadn't played special teams, but I think in terms of the most upside guy that's going to be get, continue to get better once he becomes a pro is Keontae. But I think having Daryl Williams in is that insurance blankets, right? If something goes down with James Conner, you have a guy that has proven himself. You have another guy to back him up that has played in those. 
type of high profile environments, has played in the NFL, been established and been successful, right? So there's that trust and trust and security factor that the coaches want to have. So I think that's what Daryl Williams is for this team and Keontae, yeah. maybe the long-term growth or you know transitional piece at that running back position. Yeah, Rafa in the chat highlights it. I know Daryl Williams, he's a big man, right? I just to me, I always love to go with youth at the position, fresh legs, and I've seen a lot of Keontae Ingram in this short time to be impressed and not want him. I'm not going to crown him. I'm not going to crown him yet. You know, you know, I'm. And I don't want him to go to another roster and burn and burn this franchise because I think he's a player. Speaking of a player, we've got Bo Brock in the press conference with Cliff Kingsbury, who said via Cliff that rookie guard Marquise Hayes suffered a minor knee. Uh, this this past week in practice. That's why they didn't play him tonight. Minor being the key word. And again, he's not a starter, but he is somebody integral. Steve Kimes supposedly told Fox and Jay Glazer and company before the game, Smith and then especially Marquise Hayes are two players that they're going to plug into their pipeline. A lot of people see Hayes, Marquise Hayes DA, as the successor to somebody like Justin Pugh. So get him right. Uh, I do think he's going to start games for this team out of necessity later this year. You know, Rodney Hudson's had injury concerns, Justin Pugh, Will Hernandez. So you might have to mix and match. I think the rookie would be up for task. But they they definitely could have used Marquise Hayes' physicality tonight. I will say that. Yeah, I mean, Johnny, I don't feel like they played that bad. Like, I mean, I don't feel like they played that bad rushing the football. I think they had opportunities. Obviously, you have some drives that are stalled with interceptions and things of that nature. Granted, we didn't have the pop plays, right? We didn't have yeah. things that we're accustomed to, maybe runs over – seven, six, eight yards. But I think that on the fourth and one, we talked about Keontae a little, a little bit ago and, and his ability to get that fourth and one conversion. He, he was moving the pile, doing things that, that you want from your running back. And I saw that from Ward as well you know, at, at that position. But you, I, I get it. You want the gaping holes. This is preseason. You're not going to necessarily get that. I think you're going to always benefit from having a guy that is, you know, established themselves as a good player. I did like what I seen with Smith. I thought that he got beat on one play. They did like a tackle and stun on the defensive line, and they allowed McSorley to get hit early on in the game. But other than that, he played a solid, you know, his ability to go back from guard to center. I thought he played well at center before before getting dinged up. A couple other updates from Bo Brock via the press conference with Cliff Kingsbury. Supposedly Jonathan Ward is fine. He's got a little bit of an AC sprain, uh, but nothing serious it doesn't sound like. Here's an interesting quote from Cliff. On Zayvon Collins, quote, it's from Cliff Kingsbury, I thought he showed up, dash, at times, uh, talking about the Cliff mentioned there were too many missed tackles by the defense as a whole. So, I, again, like, you're going to get what you get from 25. He, they're committed to him this year. Hopefully he can play his way. Into Hold on, Johnny. Did he, say, he said that about Zayvon or the defense as a whole? He said on Zayvon Collins, I thought he showed up at times. Uh, and, and, uh, yeah, and again, with Zavin, he has all the ability in the world. He's the most impressive inside linebacker physically that they have on the roster if you don't include Isaiah Simmons in that group, which we aren't. But man, oh man, he just needs to relax and play football. And the learning curve for him is immense, probably more than they thought. So we're, we're working through it, but the best way, DA, for him to, to get better is by playing. And last year, I mean, it's kind of a disservice. He was on the bench the entire year. He didn't really improve outside of the film room, and he's somebody that has to be thrust into action and uh, get those results. I hope you guys got results via the DraftKings Sportsbook app tonight. I did not. As you know, I took the cards, uh, money line. uh, I took the over. None of that hits. But I did use the promo code PHNX. I bet 5 bucks. And uh, speaking of $5, you can bet $5 on any college football team and get $200 in free bets instantly. So this was actually our, our last Saturday Without college football, our last weekend 
without major college football, which hallelujah, we are back next weekend and you can be back on DraftKings. That's promo code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See those show notes for details. And as I was watching the game, you know, I had I had my my four peaks ready to go. Da, uh, four peaks, the official brewery of PHNX PHNX Cardinals. I uh, had the wow, and uh, we'll be back at Four Peaks all day on August thirty first in Tempe, thirteen hundred four East Eighth Street. All live shows. It's fantastic. We do it every single month. The last Wednesday, we're going to pick a winner. Uh, we had a winner last month. It was fantastic, and this will be a special Wednesday show. Because we'll be on the cusp of the NFL season. So that is coming up just a few weeks away. I want to get to more of your comments here. Jose in the chat says, Zava needs to get hit or hit somebody to get that fear out of him. Buddha is the best at showing no fear. Well, again, if if we could just take Buddha's mentality of playing football and put it into damn near everybody on the roster. I was going to say, if, we had, if you had 22 Buddhas, you, you'd win every damn game. But... The life is Zayvon Collins is your is your first selection his second year. He got to go out there and make some plays. And I mean, I like Cliff because we all know that he's a player's coach. And I love that it, the fact that he's, you know, he's constructive criticism, right? Because he did pull him early, Johnny. He didn't, it yeah. wasn't like that they left him out there for the whole first quarter or the whole first half. They put him out there and took him out. He made some plays and that was enough, right? Because, you know, I mean, it's a hot, I don't think that he's going to play the third game. I no. mean, given, that, that was it for Zayvon until yeah. September 11th. Right. So as you mentioned, that learning curve has to be minimal. You don't have Jordan Hicks there, you know, battling you for position or just beating you out. You have to earn it and play at a high level, given the expectations of this team. Uh, Isaiah Chavez said, I saw the construction on the video board back at the Cardinals training camp. So debuted the video board. If you were there, uh, let us know. And speaking uh, of State Farm Stadium and speaking of, uh, of live on the field we've got our better half our partner in crime mr bo brock joining us on the field from state farm stadium bo how we doing sir we're doing great guys what are we talking about here we we nearly saw history but uh we saw it the other way i guess right what were your major takeaways bo from this game obviously the cardinals start slow offensively they picked it up in the fourth quarter but you know somebody that i was high on trace mcsorley not a great first half no love for Trey McBride. Your takeaways from the offense tonight? The offense, uh, it, it wasn't as smoothly operating as it did last week. I mean, I like what I saw from the second half team, obviously, but the first, it was it struggled. We didn't see a whole lot from Trace McSorley. You know, it wasn't as encouraging. Um, Maybe trying to do too much uh, against his former team. That's what Cliff Kingsbury thought in the post-game press conference. So, uh, you know, other takeaways, I think, as far as the line of scrimmage, we didn't see the Arizona Cardinals win at the line of scrimmage as much as we did last week but on both sides of the football, Damian. I didn't see this offense push anybody around, and I definitely didn't see this defensive line come out and push anybody around. There was a drive in the second half by the Baltimore Ravens where it was like six plays, and they had positive plays on each and every one of them as they found their way to the end zone. And I just thought that was kind of the game – at that point, just on one drive, all kind of like put together right there. So, uh, you know, it, it obviously wasn't pretty, but the team fought a little bit. There were some takeaways that it wasn't as big of a negative as you maybe thought halfway through the third quarter. Well, I, I'm going to throw this out there at you. Just based on that wide receiver competition, did you see enough from Dorch or Isabella? Yeah. 
or Bowen Jr.? Did you see enough from those guys? And who do you think has the lead right now? Yeah, this is this is a crazy competition. I mean, it's it's loaded. I mean, you know who the top four guys are, right? And then you've got these three guys, similar profile that we've been talking about all training camp long. Bolden, Isabella, and and Dorch, and they all had fine games. Like like Bolden had a, a real good, you know, drive, and you know, I think there was a missed opportunity for him in the end zone, hit him in the hands, and he he could have caught an early touchdown that would have certainly helped his case. Uh, and then you enter in, into the conversation, John Trey Kirkland, a guy who could play special teams. He was a special teams ace at LSU. Uh, he's got two touchdowns in two weeks. You know, I, I don't know if he's realistically in the conversation, but that trio, man, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's, you know, Dorch is, is, is a, of course, ahead of everybody. And then I think Isabella just has, you know, Cliff talked about Izzy in the, in the post game, and, and he's always liked Isabella, and he just kind of feels like, He's 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 putting his best foot forward here in the in the preseason. Zayvon Collins played uh, quickly. Da two possessions. Uh, I thought he looked yeah. much better than last week. You talked to Cliff Kingsbury, who thought he looked yeah. kind of hot and cold, looked good at times. Yeah. Talk to us about the impression Cliff and company had on the second year linebacker. Yeah, so so Cliff kind of threw a little yo-yo as far as his impression on Zayvon because he said, you know, I thought he came out playing well, and then he said at times, you know, and it was like, oh, okay, and then he didn't he didn't like the tackling from the the entire defense early on, yeah. and we saw we saw Zayvon miss on a tackle, and I just think that you know I what I saw with my own eyes is I thought that Zayvon looked you know like he had a better idea of where he was supposed to be at any given time, you know, missing a tackle, sure that you, you don't like to see that, but. You know, he, he flushed the quarterback out of the pocket. I think on the first drive, he, uh, you know, he, he had shedded a block on that first drive as well. And he looked decent in coverage. You know, there's one play where I think he pursued the quarterback and he left his man, you know, wide open on about a 20-yard uh, reception for the Ravens. But, you know, I was encouraged by Zayvon Collins today. I think that the, the team continues to show, like, they want him to get his work in and he's getting his work in, and they're satisfied with that. So I don't think it really matters what – you know, the people are saying on Twitter right now, I think that he's going to be their guy going forward. Um, no matter what kind of happens in preseason game three, I doubt we even see David Collins. What do you guys think about that? No. Yeah. I mean, Johnny and I were talking about that before you hopped on Bo and we don't foresee it. Like that was the last yeah. we're going to see a Zayvon. It's going to be other guys battling possibly three to five guys that are battling for roster spots, you know, in a game that, we know that so much goes on in that third preseason game. And it's just roughly to just, hey, give guys an opportunity, go out there and play. But speaking of the opportunity tonight, Bo, what did you think about that, you know, Derek Kennard, Dennis Gargak, at the front half of that defense and also the second half? Was it just the explosive plays or was it the DBs? Do we do they really need DB help? Um, I, th- I think it's more, you know, what you've been preaching. I think that front seven, I don't think they were getting as much, you know, play or good play from that front seven as we saw, you know, especially against Cincinnati. There just wasn't that much pressure. There was a lot of time for, you know, not some household name quarterbacks and Tyler Huntley and uh kid from Oregon that was in there, Anthony Brown in the second half. Like they just had all, they, they just, their offensive line were moving around the Arizona Cardinals on defense. And it's just tough to, to cover anybody at that point. It wasn't like they were making big plays downfield. So, uh, you know, I don't think we got a real good chance to evaluate the, the corners in this game where I thought that the, it was more on the front seven than, than the defensive secondary. We talked about this, the shakeup of the offensive uh, skilled players, specifically the running back group, Bo, before you jumped on. And Jonathan Ward yeah. certainly made his case to make this team. I had not been impressed with him. Up until tonight, 
You got Joe yeah. Williams kind of, you know, getting a cup of coffee and, you know, doing his thing. And then I thought Keontae looked really good in the fourth quarter. Like, how do you see this depth chart at running back shake out right now if I had to put you on the spot based on Cliff's yeah. comments? Man, I have had a couple of things like that that kickoff return. How about that block from Cameron Thomas on oh, that? That was fantastic. That was awesome. And then Keontae on that big that big play downfield, that was huge as far as them. It was third down, wasn't it? Third yeah. long. And Keontae yeah. makes the big play in the pass game and gets it up. And, and Trace McSorley was able to cash in a couple of plays later. You know, this is this is going to be tough. But I think it comes down to what we've been saying. You know, I mean, what who's going to be the one that you can kind of slide to the practice squad? And I don't think you need to put too much stock in it. But I think when you're trying to evaluate these guys, and unfortunately for Jonathan Ward, you know, he, he, Cliff thinks he's got like an AC joint issue now. He, he left the game with a shoulder issue. You know, missing any time, Damien, at this point in the preseason could be devastating for his chances of winning a spot. Uh, we saw our first taste of Daryl Williams. Didn't see much there. We haven't seen much from Eno Benjamin, but I think, you know, fortunate for those guys, their spots were all but locked up before we even started preseason games. So it's like it's JC, it's James Conner, it's Daryl Williams, it's Eno. And then probably Keontae, man, I mean, unless Jonathan Ward finds an, a miracle elixir to, to get healthy real quick, you know, I, th- I think that it's, it's got to be Keontae, right? Yeah, I mean, we think in terms of long-term growth or replacement for sure for JC, right? I, I think that you yeah. got to look at JC's the guy. His backup is probably similar size, style, in terms of experience is going to be Williams, right? And then you got Eno, who Cliff really likes, and long-term plan is going is, is definitely going to be Keontae. Ward, I think he did a great job, hopefully, like you mentioned, Bo, taking something to, to heal that AC joint so game three he could go out there and give himself the best opportunity to be successful. But the great thing about this league, he showed it tonight on a Sunday night game. Somebody, some scout was watching this game and doing what they could and saw, you know, something of Jonathan Ward that he could, he's, he's going to be a football player. He is a football player. Yeah, and help their team win. I agree. He's doing it in all facets. Is there any way they can carry five of these guys? Is that a no? No chance. Well, I can tell you right now, after what I saw, assuming that uh, our guy Colt McCoy is healthy, they're not carrying three quarterbacks. Uh, I was drinking the Trace McSorley uh, Kool Aid last week. I am no longer. Uh, Bo Brock, you still with us there on uh, Cardsfield? We'll get your final thoughts here. Entering. Tomorrow, entering the early portion of this week, do you, do, you, do you sense the sense of urgency around this team to make a move, to make a trade? We feel like trades are coming around the NFL landscape. We previewed it all week. If you had to yeah. give me one singular position, cornerback, pass rusher, whatever, they make a move in what position? It's going to be cornerback. It has to be cornerback. They have to upgrade. They have to add a veteran presence to that room. We'll see what happens in the next couple of days as they got to lose at least five more players. Uh, and then the the big cut down comes, but I think they'll be able to find somebody. We'll see if they can have to do it without maybe giving up any assets, but it's uh yeah. I mean, that, I don't think that there's any question what, where the biggest need is there. And, and I don't think, uh, you know, they've got their idea of who they want to move forward with the pass rush, you know, the depth behind that, that's just what you're going to be looking for in the third game. He's Bo Brock live at state farm stadium. Bo, we will talk to you manana. Thanks for hopping on my guy. Thanks for having me, guys. Did you kill it? All right, everybody, do me a favor. Right now, we're hanging out. We love each and every one of you, 98-plus in the chat. Give us a like on this YouTube vid. It helps the algorithm, helps this video get shared out. 
We provide the premier, the best Arizona Cardinal content here at PHNX Cardinals. I want to remind everybody right now of a couple of our sponsors here. OGs just launched their first ever limited edition seasonal flavor, Pina Colada, a perfect pineapple and creamy coconut blend. Our friends, uh, OGs, welcomed us at the Maya Day Spa Club yesterday in Scottsdale. Did a live show. It was fantastic. Go check that out on our YouTube page at PHNX Sports. Uh, check out OGs online at ogsbrands.com. On Instagram, at OGs, you can find their products at your local dispensary. However, you got to dabble at 21 years or older to purchase. Burritos Express, fantastic DA, helping us get situated, fed, up and running as we converted a prior office into our new one, which remains under construction. That's why we are remote for now, but we will be in person in the coming weeks. We will have a plethora of content, including live tailgates, every single Arizona Cardinal home Home game. We are going to have a PHNX tailgate for you, the fans, to come and hang with us, party, play bags, have drinks. Myself, Bo Brock, Shane Diefenbach, the GM Saul Bookman. My ask, I have one ask for everybody, be happy and healthy when you come. Don't come and, and not feel great. You can get a COVID-19 vaccine free for right now. Everybody five and older is eligible. Those 12 and older are also eligible for a booster shot. Again, come and hang out with us. We want to see and hear from you. This falls, the Cardinals get ready to make it hopefully back-to-back playoff appearances, but visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location nearest to you. All right, DA, as we conclude our post-game show tonight, give me your final thoughts as what you saw tonight, looking ahead, how it could project to the regular season. Uh, <clears throat> that wide receiver room is going to be deep. Uh, yeah. I think that that – Position opposite of Marcus Golden is going to be a competitive one. It's going to be better than I think that people anticipate, uh, especially yeah. mixed in with Vance Joseph play calling right with Simmons and Buda Baker as defensive weapons. Um, I'm a little concerned about the field goals with Prater. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know what's going on. He and Andy yeah. didn't look good at all. Andy didn't have a good situation. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. And then just the, the wide receiver room is deep. You know, I think that Kyler Murray – Cliff Kingsbury are going to have a lot of fun today. And I hope that that experience and in terms of play calling transitions to just Kyler's overall understanding and complexity of the game. Right. And just, and just takes them to another level in terms of understanding what's going on, because it was good to see him have some success calling the plays. Right. And it's just moving the football It's a lot different than last week. And I think he took some, you know, he took pride in it this week and made sure that he was prepared for, you know, everything that presented itself. And you saw him having those talks with Garen, you know, uh, Garen, what's his name? <laughs> I can't uh, pronounce it. I, every time yeah, I try you, to pronounce, it, I end up saying, I'm talk, I almost call him Jimmy right. Garoppolo. And I know that yeah. that Garantano, Garantano. Garantano. There, there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, you just saw him having fun, giving the RPO to McSorley. And, and so many times I'm watching the game, looking at my notes, like just run the football. I felt like it was Seattle versus new England. In the right. Super Bowl, you're right there. And let's pass it 47 times. It's like, just run the football. Like, come yeah. on. Like, you haven't ran it one time. Then they do on the RPO and McSorley gets in. So, but yeah. I love what you said about Kyler Murray. I also love what Jake Glazer said. So, Jake Glazer, before the, sh- the game today, had been talking with Steve Kime, GM for the Arizona Cardinals, and said, once Kyler Murray got that contract signed, even with all the contract addendum bullshit that was going on, like it was a Kyler Murray was a different person. I think it was once the Cardinals committed to him uh, in the form of a long-term deal. Think of that what you want. Uh, he has been a completely different quarterback. Like you're going to see, according to Jay Glazer from Steve Kime, a new Kyler Murray. I think we're already seeing a, a glimpse of that. He's 
doing an interview with Aaron Andrews. He feels loose and easygoing. He's calling plays. He's he's incredibly hands-on. I think health permitting, easily going to be Kyler Murray's best season this year. Uh, and I think that Kyler Murray stays healthy and plays well for 17 games. You're going to the playoffs. Um, Arizona Animal in the chat says, I like Bolden, Dorch, and Andy. Keep them all. Well, the problem is Cardinals already have, it's a good problem, a ton of quality wide receivers. Yeah. I think one player, and that being Greg Dorch, makes the team out of all those guys. I think that Antoine Wesley is probably the fifth receiver, so Dorch is your sixth. But who knows? Maybe they keep Andy around. Maybe they keep Bolden around, D.A., during the course of DeAndre Hopkins' suspension, uh, or maybe they only keep five receivers during that time. So I don't know. I Bo mentioned it. I, Cliff goes out of his way. Andy. I think they're going to keep Andy. You I like so? I, yeah, I like Dorch, and I just saw a little bit uh, in, in terms of uh, not using his hands to the best of his ability with yeah. Bolden. And, and one was dropping the, you know, the touchdown in the end zone and then a couple catches that he had. I mean, great athlete, ability to make, you know, you miss and all those things. But those are those little details that evaluators and coaches look at is consistency with your hands, right? The probability of catching it with your hands versus your body. And we see a lot of that with Bolden. I think that that's going to be the difference maker because it's not for lack of ability. It's just that finite detail, right, where I think that Andy has that, obviously elite speed where he can draw those pass interference plays. Right. So it may all be even, but Andy will also throw in a 30 to 40 year old yard pass interference play. Right. And if you get yeah. one of those a game, shit, Johnny, I mean, that's a big play and, and you want to have that, you know, added on to your offensive equation for sure. Yeah. I think you're right. I think the uh, uncertainty around Antoine Wesley's health combined with the fact that De- DeAndre Hopkins is out. AJ Green's older. He's 34 years old. Hollywood Brown's new to this offense. Rondell Moore, I mean, has not had a, a full season since 2018. They're probably going to go with maybe a couple extra wide receivers to at least begin the year, which means, unfortunately, I don't know how many running backs they're going to carry, especially if they plan to give James Conner 80-plus percent of the touches. Uh, for the people that are concerned about Prater and Andy Lee, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. They've been doing this a long time. You try to get the kinks out in the preseason. Obviously, the goal is to make the field goal. But uh, if he's missing kicks on September 11th, that being Matt Prater, it's a different conversation, right? But preseason, I'm I'm all right with it. And yeah, Prater was fantastic. He was one of the best kickers in the NFL last year. So uh, we haven't talked about this quickly. I want to mention Chandler Wooten, uh, the undrafted free agent out of Auburn, had that interception. Everybody's saying play him over Zayvon Collins. That that's a little rich for my my take. But I do think that he could be kind of the next in line for like a Joe Walker potentially if Joe Walker's cut. So um, any thoughts on the Auburn linebacker before we take off? I like them. I mean, always I just try and when, when I'm watching and taking notes, I just try and have an organic, just like what guys jump out to you in terms yeah. of making plays. And he was a guy that continued to make plays, obviously having the interception. That was a big play, just some hustle plays, beating the running backs or finding ways to make tackles. And he always seems to be in the right place. It may be down the field. You know what I mean? 10 to 20 or 15 yards, but he's in the yeah. right place trying to make those plays. So I think that in terms of identification, he doesn't have the size, maybe in the speed and length and potential of his Avon Collins, but a guy that you want on your football team that you know that will sacrifice it all. And then when he's put in the football game, he's going to make potentially make some plays, right? You yeah. want a guy like that on your 53-man roster or even practice squad, right? A guy that you can yeah. just insert into the go cover a kickoff and go knock somebody out and get us the ball back. 
Jalen Blair putting us on the spot. Give me five guys you would cut tomorrow. Uh, I don't like this game at all. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to not dabble. They're going to need bodies. DA, as you know, to get through the third preseason game next Saturday. Uh, here's the good news. PHNX Cardinals live is back tomorrow, 4 PM. If not sooner, Bo and I are always available for the fine emergency podcast that we, uh, know and love to do. So if the Cardinals make a trade tomorrow morning, you know, this podcast, none other, but just this podcast is going live. But in the meantime, I need everybody to do me a favor. Be sure to like subscribe, leave us a five-star review, Wherever you get your podcast, if you're not subscribed to the PHNX Cardinals podcast, I forgive you. Do it now so you don't miss a minute, a minute of our coverage. We're doing this every single chance we can do. At minimum, five live shows a week heading into the NFL season. Quickly becoming the best premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. You can get find us online at gophnx.com. Become a member. 99 cents for the first month. Eight ninety nine. For the subsequent month, you can get one of our fresh new T-shirts. We've got a T-shirt coming out. Deanna, I don't know if you've seen it or not. It is by far my favorite T-shirt we've ever done. It's Cardinals related. Can't okay. wait for all of you to see it. It's fantastic. Check that out. PHNX Merchandise Locker. That's got to be dropping here at least in the coming weeks before the start of the season so we can get it into your hands. But for now, subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review. Like this video. Damian Anderson, myself, Bob Brock. We are back. Manana. Thanks, everybody, for hopping on tonight. Peace.